0: This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And with me, as always, is Maxwell Vogue.
2: Hey, Joris, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. It's very very hot here in Spain, but apart from that, um I'm and secretly that's kind of nice at times as well, but apart from that, I'm I'm, I'm totally fine. Everything's wonderful. How about you?
2: I'm good. New York is uh functioning well, so you know. Yeah. It's, it's running. Yeah. It's a little less
1: <laughs> escape from New York uh, than
2: than so the when I was there a last. a little time. a little less uh, skip clicking, you know. Yeah, we're not uh running around uh, shooting each other right now. Yeah. When you're a jet, <laughs> you're a jet,
1: yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay that's so who, good who, who do we have on the 3d pod today
1: um well today we've got uh ivan madera and uh, ivan is the founder of morph 3d and morph 3d is a 3d printing he's gonna hate me if i say service but I'll say <laughs> yeah, service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so it's a 3d printing service but it actually focuses much more on manufacturing so it's not about just making uh like for example uh, a prototype but it's about making like a certified or qualified part for like for example aerospace or for the, the new commercial space industry or perhaps uh, defense or things like that. So it's much more like not prototyping for individuals or just making uh, just uh, a file uh, into a thing, but much more about making it into a functioning thing, like that kind of thing. And they have, uh, I think I think that at one point, they have, I think they have at least two SLM 500s. They've got one of these giant uh, DMG Mori uh, hybrid machines, lots and lots more kit. And they also, at one, point, uh, well, at one point, Boeing invested in them. And then uh, later on, uh, and I still don't know if it's Nikon or Nikon invented them uh, as well, which I think is also really exciting. And they're in California, and they have two sites. And, and uh, they're doing some really heavy lifting, some really uh, challenging stuff in, in 3D printing services. So, so that's why it's a, yeah, more than a <laughs> pleasure to, to, to welcome Ivan to the to show today.
0: Good morning, guys. Joris, uh, just for the record... We almost ended the podcast if you would have called us a service bureau. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> a great. You're not a service bureau. <laughs> bureau. How would you describe it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm certainly jealous that you're in Spain, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, so um, again, well, you know, thank you for uh, for having me this morning. Uh, I could see the the casual nature of, of the call, uh, which is great. So I, I would describe ourselves as a uh, you know a, a solution provider, but Uh, We can get into that in a little bit when we start discussing what we're doing.
1: How did you, you, first off, you you came out of kind of like as a, well, as a consultant, right? You were kind of literally saying, okay, what is the opportunity here? So you were analytically considering what your options were, and then you decided to up everything and move to California and say, this is where it's happening. And I'm going to start a sort of service bureau, even though I don't know anything about 3D
0: printing. Right? That, <laughs> this is that literally is, kind that, of what happened. Right? <laughs> that is one, 100% truth. Um, so, <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so, so prior, prior to uh, my current career um, or adventure at Morph 3D, um, I spent uh, 20 years in management consulting, uh, in manufacturing, supply chain, uh, large, you know, business transformation type initiatives. Um, lived in Chicago, um, had an independent consulting firm, and uh, basically uprooted myself because it was uh, a bit cold in Chicago, albeit a, a beautiful place, uh, and moved to California. Um, didn't know a soul in California in terms of uh, no. you know, family or friends or, you know, even industry connections. My next career was I founded the company actually in Chicago, but really started to investigate the market when I moved to California, went to de- different uh, trade shows, and, and really just started to listen to where the opportunity could be. Uh, my initial intent was to do more advisory services, right um, Technology selection, uh, change management, right preparation for Really, the transformation uh, into a digital manufacturing type era um, quickly wrote a strategy, um, which had a roadmap that took me from advisory services to one day, you know, a physical location and then infrastructure, so on and so forth. Uh, that quickly got accelerated, um, living in California and talking to, you know, tons of folks in the aerospace defense market who had. Uh, demand or a need for uh, this type of uh, technology
1: and and so why is okay so the well lockheed has a bunch of stuff in california right um there's there's a bunch of other defense contractors there and and, and then there was traditionally some space stuff as well you know why is this because now it looks like that that sounds like the one of the places to be california but, but at the time, I don't think it was like eight, ten years ago or something like that, right? It wasn't that yeah. prevalent, at least for a lot of people, that California was going to be this actual manufacturing tech hub for for, for, for for additive, right?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, eight years ago, I think you know the folks that I, I did speak to were all PhD material scientists, right? Um, so it was a very different landscape. But there were still folks making things or at least uh, trying to make things using uh, prototypes or Pathfinder parts um, to see if, if additive manufacturing was going to be a technology uh, for future use. You know, we did some things right in the first couple of years. Uh, Melissa Orm was my CTO; she was employee number two, um, and she and I, you know, constructed a strategy with you know the material development side of things, and uh, we were able to get into Boeing um mm-hmm. got on their spec and you know we're able to do some some great things there and as you mentioned so like uh, i like that you say like
1: like the, you said that we were able to get in boeing yes which is doable a lot of hard work and then you just said <laughs> we got on their spec you're know, like a sentence yeah. later which is like almost impossible <laughs> and there's a ton of work and and and, and it means essentially you're, you're you qualify for the company and you're in a catalog of sorts right the, so that other parts of the company can use you right uh,
0: that's like correct that, right? i mean for yeah. the for the most part, we, it was with the Space and the Fence group out of El Segundo. And, um, you know, as with everybody, uh, in this space, you know, it's, it's a, it's a capital intensive business. Uh, when I started the business itself, um, I was self-funded, um, which, which is, uh, another story in itself, another couple episodes, um, <laughs> <laughs> of, of how we got to where we're at, but, um, you know, Horizon X made an investment in us um, at at that time, as well as AM Global, which is uh, EOS. All right, uh, and that was back in uh, uh, 2018. Um, so that really, you know, cemented um, ourselves in the industry and, and what we're doing today.
1: Yeah. So uh, AM AM Global Holding is a holding company which is then it's, 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 uh, it itself is a part of the Langer Group, which is owned by the Langer family. Uh, that is correct. And, and, and it's, 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 so it's next to AOS, let's say, uh, uh, under mm-hmm. the same holding. That is uh, correct. Just, uh, uh, along with parts of AM Ventures and stuff like that. Just Sorry, a different idea.
2: Yeah, yeah no, no, I'm, just, I'm curious, just based on like the geographical aspect of this. Like, are you, You're in Southern California, I assume? Like that in is, Los Angeles area?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're currently in the Los Angeles area, and our new facility is being launched in Long Beach.
2: Are you seeing that's where a lot of the actual physical manufacturing is, is starting to set up in, in Southern California
0: versus the Silicon Valley, you know, <laughs> attempts um, at this? Yeah, well, two, two different things, right? So when you're talking about uh, design and, and manufacturing, engineering uh, and the like, um, there's a, a, a huge uh, swell happening here, uh, primarily because of the new space industry. Mm-hmm. right um uh, but you know we we have uh what i i would call a logo company right and a logo company could have you know eight ten different sites in in different geographies or in different places in the states
2: right? but there's so much you Fly to lax and you can see all the aerospace that's like right around that airport <laughs> so that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. yep no doubt
1: and then, and then, so I'm, I'm a bit curious, how did you actually end up like, so you a consultant? Why did you, in hmm. if you know about this, you, you know, not to buy the machine. Why did you buy the right. machine?
0: That's <laughs> why <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you we don't have machines, right? We have the little <laughs> desktop ones at home. That's all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the, the, the reality is that, you know, a, a lot of our customers uh, today um, said, Hey, this is great that, you know, you, you want to consult, but how can you consult if you don't actually have or own the technology? Um, hmm. And uh, okay, <laughs> I said, well, do I have enough cash in the account to actually go do that? And the answer was no. Um, so we, you know, we partnered. We we pitched something to EOS and and had an arrangement. And um, you know, they really set us up initially. I put the infrastructure in place to support that, um, but you know, the conversation completely uh, changes when you actually own the technology and it becomes more about the process, right? Um, and that's really where I lived uh, in the consulting world was around process, right? Uh, business process, uh, manufacturing process, supply chain, um, and that level of transformation. So it was quite easy for me Um, and I was quite familiar with different advanced manufacturing technologies. Um, so Mm -hmm. just understanding, uh, what the life cycle should look like, uh, putting methodologies, frameworks, right. Um, and understanding that when you do something once, you should know how you did it. And if something changed, you should also know what changed, when it changes, right. and What the impact and effects are. Um, so, you know, that for me was, was easy. That was the easy part, right? Um, the stabilization of the technology um, and configuration of a platform to meet specific requirements is really where uh, Melissa came into play. Um, so between the two of us, we had uh, a pretty solid framework uh, and methodology to deliver products.
1: Okay. And then, and then how did you then like, because the, yeah, how did you get credibility? I mean, being like a two person team, how did you get credibility <laughs> yeah. between, between with these guys? I mean, you're essentially, you're there with like a, a laptop and, yeah. and a PowerPoint slide, right? I mean,
0: you know, sure. I, Pretty much. Um, so um, look, there's no mistaken, right? Um, the, the reality of credibility came through transparency when the industry said, Hey, you know, uh, my support structures and, my orientation of a part is my IP, I laughed at that, right? Because I said, that's not IP. Um, you know, you're, you're simply trying to uh, get from point A to point B with the customer and continue the conversation. So I was very transparent. Hey, um, you know, you're, uh, I wouldn't say parameters, right? Because that, that wouldn't be the, that's IP. Um, but, you know, the way you do certain things, Um, How do you do it? And most customers wanted to know. They wanted to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we became a very, very open and still are a very, very open and transparent company. Uh, Mm -hmm. And in many ways, I didn't charge for things up front, right? Mm -hmm. Because to your point, uh, I had no credibility. You had to earn earn that trust. Uh, Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that was given to you. Um, So we were super collaborative, super open, uh, with the way we did things and, uh, you know, never never committed to, uh, well, not trying, basically. We tried everything, right? And we did it with the customer and they seemed to enjoy that. So our, our sandbox was their sandbox, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I wasn't offended if someone was smarter than us. And by the way, we were all learning at the same time, quite frankly, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think the difference for us was we had a pool of different people with different expectations, uh, which really accelerated our learning, right and then our feedback um, to the next project, to the next project, to the next project.
1: Because you have this thing, you have this uh, kind of, I don't know what it is, like a slogan or something like that. It's coming forth from uh, nothing, anything is possible. Whoa, what's the slogan? That, that, that's I'm it. No, because <laughs> I, 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 I Googled it. I Googled well, it. Well, fair it, enough. Yeah. coming forth from nothing, anything is possible. And I Googled it, and it only returns to you. So you managed to made
0: that oh, up. That's, a, that's some good SEO there. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, so, I mean, so,
0: that, yeah. that, is, that, that is fact, right? I mean, if you think about, you know, just uh, the launch of the company was a PowerPoint presentation and an, mm-hmm. an idea. And how many ideas are killed uh, because people tell you you can't do it? It's not possible.
2: 99%. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that's, that's 100% true. And um, mm-hmm. that's not in my nature to, uh, in fact, that fuels me. You know, somebody says it can't be done. Um, and that's why we're at where we're at today.
1: And how did you go then? Did you, did you then land some deals and programs and that's when you've gone deeper and deeper into manufacturing or?
0: Uh, No, I, in fact, didn't land so many deals and programs (laughs) and that's why I went deeper and deeper into (laughs) the hole, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, So, uh, I mean, let's, let's, you know, let's be real. You guys are are having a good time. So I think people need to understand that this is not easy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. very capital intensive. Um, it's not easy. Um, and you can't mess up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that I was very, very careful with um, was to make sure that what we said we would do, we would actually do. And it wasn't the customer's fault if something went wrong. It was for us to learn from it, right, and to figure out how to resolve it. Um, and, And that resolve was really... Uh, what fueled where we're at today. So from a program standpoint, yes, we won programs very early on. I won't say with who, but you can imagine who, where we were doing flight critical hardware. And it didn't start with hundreds. It started with, can you deliver five? Right. And if you can deliver five uh, in a conforming manner, great. That was your, you know, your ticket into the next game right okay, fantastic you delivered five can you do 15 and deliver those 15 with a complete data package and everything that's required for a certified component great you delivered mm-hmm. 15 now here's a couple hundred <laughs> yeah and and it, and i will tell you that that the five is easy as we know um could be, right? The well, not 50, the first one. It depends when you want it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but we get what you mean. Well, the, well, making five it, of it, something's it, a lot easier it, than it, making it, it, Exactly. And then and it depends on the complexity. So the complexity of things went way up, right? Because we never gave up, right? If something failed, again, we, we changed things on our own. We modified things on our own um, until we got it right, right? Uh, My team knows that I can't is not in our vocabulary. Many, many, many times people want to give up, but it's giving that extra percent, right? Or that extra five minutes, um, which makes the difference between, you know, success and failure. Um, So getting to a couple hundred is a completely different ballgame. And we went through that pain, and I'm glad we went through that pain early on. Uh, because quite frankly, if we had not gone through the pain of scaling, I wouldn't have the strategy that we have today. So,
1: so what is your strategy then? What is the, what are you guys going to hope to do? It's Ah. a secret sauce.
0: (laughs) 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 What's the secret? No, look, it's, it's really clear. So, you know, when you're, when you're doing, uh, you know, fives, tens, if you really just go back a few years ago, we're talking single laser systems, Right. Um, and qualifying a single laser system, I would say uh, not trivial, but not as difficult as qualifying uh, multi-laser system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're moving towards you know higher productivity and basically making a business case. You're no longer trying to see if the technology is is useful or if there's a business case for the technology. Now it's all about price, right? Um, because we know that. The, the technology can offer, you know, the benefits that these companies are looking for. So you get into a higher rate of production, which lends itself to, um, I would say, uh, immature processes, right? So, for example, if you're manufacturing several hundred uh, heat exchangers or pressure vessels, um, you have to clean these, right? Um, mm-hmm. And not only do you have to clean them, you have to clean them to a certified level. Is there a process for that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the answer is kind of sort of yes, and then kind of sort of no. So you have to develop new processes or new technology um, or new systems to be able to clean and process these types of applications, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and then you have to not only clean them, you also have to uh, machine these parts. And these Mm -hmm. parts, obviously, as you know, the larger they get, Um, Mm -hmm. The tolerances don't hold as accurately as you would like. So every Mm -hmm. single part becomes a unique part. Mm -hmm. Um, So machining these parts becomes extremely complicated. And then you have these system by system, um, just nuances and variability. So stability of process, stability of, of what you're doing and repeatability becomes a factor of X when you're doing hundreds of these, right? And oh, by the way, you still have a delivery schedule, <laughs> okay? Uh, that you have mm-hmm. to meet. So you compound that, and the complexity of you know delivering hundreds becomes very complex. Did we deliver? Yes. Were we late? Yes. But we learned a lot of things, and I think in the learning, I'll tell you what we did. Um, well, I realized I don't want to be a user of the technology anymore. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? Well, that means I have to partner with the technology company um, so that when we talk about configuration management, stability of process, um, you know, repeat repeatability, you know, from a system to system standpoint, um, integrating of tools, I have to do that with the equipment manufacturer. I can't do that alone. Right? Um, so if I look at the next phase, well, I got a machine parts. Well, it's great that I can machine parts, but hiring that skill set is not trivial either, right? We have a dying workforce um, that doesn't have the experience or the exposure to this level of complexity. So, yes, you can be an experienced machinist, but if you've never seen or done this before, it's not just writing a piece of G code and machining a part. You have to really do some complex fixturing and uh, trial and error, and be very, very intentional with what you're doing. Very difficult. So I had a partner with the uh, machine or equipment manufacturer that machines parts. And I'll tell you all these things in a second. So I started to say, if, if I were to be successful in this space, or for that matter, if anyone were to be successful in this space, uh, we had to integrate the tool manufacturers, and the processes, right, all in the same location, working together solves some very complex challenges. You just simply cannot do this alone. Um, and that's where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about the partners, we have EOS, SLM, DMG Mori, uh Siemens, right? And there's a handful of others that will be announced as well. Um, mm-hmm. At the ADMC, which is the Applied Digital Manufacturing Center. And okay. that is the function of integration, right, between all of these partners to solve very complex manufacturing challenges uh, so that we can scale additive manufacturing in a repeatable fashion.
1: And I, I like this, but it must have been quite difficult, especially initially with AOS as an investor, to then yeah. say, hey, you know what? I'm also going to buy from SLM. You know, that kind of that must have been a bit of a, a difficult call, let's say. And then later on, then DMG is really well established in the machining world. They're uh, very, very new in the additive world. To bring them in there must have also like ruffled some feathers as well, right? Yeah, for
0: sure. But, you know, we all have the same goal, you know? And mm-hmm. and if we look at where things are at today, there isn't one equipment manufacturer that can deliver the scale that the industry is looking for. And mm-hmm. our competitor is not. EOS versus SLM or SLM versus DMG Mori or, um, or others that we'll leave unnamed. Um, it's, it's the traditional manufacturing, um, you know, casting, forging, machining, etc. But the reality is I don't even look at it that way either. Um, that's not the competitive base either. Uh, the competitive base is, is, has nothing to do with that. For me, the technology is about enablement of new product for the next generation of, you know, warfighter or commercial airline or uh, space application or what have you, right? So, so this technology is about enablement of future products, not necessarily going backwards and competing with traditional manufacturing.
1: So stuff you wouldn't be able to do in other worlds, right? 100 and that- 100%. And I'm really interested in what I call the bus, which is like this is it's a DMG Mori hybrid system, right? Uh, now, these <clears> hybrid <throat> systems have had a very spotty history and added it because um, I'm not going to be mean or anything, but some of them were seemed to not really work really well. And some sure. of them seemed to, they were pitched at the kind of this conformal tool, cooling channels and molds kind mm-hmm. of thing, and then maybe wouldn't work really well in, in that respect. What are you hoping to do with this giant uh, uh, hybrid machine? I'll take a step back. Which technology
0: uh, mm-hmm. doesn't work very well? <laughs> All of them, right? <laughs> I mean, the reality is that, you know, you have a system, and I think this is what's important about what we're doing, is that w- we do have systems that, you know, when we talk about TRL levels, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're not fully stable right? They're not mm-hmm. a machining center that, that would be highly repeatable. Um, there, there are variances. And that is the point of, of, you know, of working with the equipment manufacturers to stabilize those processes. And then as you can imagine, every part is different. Um, mm-hmm. And the expectation is that every part be accurately, you know, accurate and meet the, uh, the requirements of the customer. So what we're, what we're looking for is the same thing our customers are, right? Enablement. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to enable certain products that are much larger, uh, mm-hmm. whereby hybrid manufacturing is, you know, a technology that can get them there.
1: Okay. And TRL, by the way, is uh, like American government speak, the technology readiness level. goes from like zero, which is like, you know, research to TRL nine, which is like ready to go on a rocket or whatever,
0: right? That, that's exactly yeah. right. So I would say that if you look at additive today, I mean, again, let's be realistic, right? I think oh, we're, yeah, yeah. we're okay.
1: Okay, <laughs>
0: we're 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 into sevenish, maybe sixish, right? And and
2: that's generous. That's generous. And, yeah, well,
0: it, it, I mean, we are using it, right? We're, yeah, right. Products we're using products, and and, yeah. and uh, yeah. but but the reality is that it, it still requires work, and um, yeah. and that's why I realized, look, if if I'm going to stay in the industry, um, yeah. there's no way. I can stay and, and not make an impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just make parts. That's not what we're trying to do. So mm-hmm. with with these partners, my goal, right? And I think you've kind of said this earlier. My goal is not to make parts. My goal mm-hmm. is to actually make a production system mm-hmm. with the integrated partners that we have that mm-hmm. makes certified parts. So basically certify a system, which could be mm-hmm. an AM or a cell of AM. machines, a cell of um, AM, or not AM, but the traditional subtractive machines, inspection technology, um, cleaning processes, whatever the case might be, and creating a cell that's closed-loop with software. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is very um, different than, than just making parts. So if I can certify a production system or a manufacturing cell, right that makes the part that has Mm -hmm. embedded cameras and vision systems and data, which is what the industry, you know, uh, hungers for, I can make certified parts a lot faster, right? So Mm -hmm. fundamentally, I had to go backwards. Let's go fix these things. Let's go work Mm -hmm. towards standardization of platforms. Let's go figure out how to automate uh, these processes so that they're not human dependent. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's go figure out how to do adaptive milling uh, where, you know, you don't have a machinist standing at a machine all day making these calculations, right? That's what we have artificial intelligence for. That's what we have mm-hmm. uh, extremely high-end vision systems so that we can see what's going on. But, you envision these
2: cells to be non-human involved
0: in the end? I would say over time in the next three to five years, um, I will tell you that we have a particular program right now that um, we're doing this very thing, right? Um, it's a cell of, uh, you know, well, I'll, I'll share it at some point, but we have a cell of four EOS machines and a cell of two um, SLM machines. So six machines in this particular cell for one customer. Um, and we're scaling, you know, from a couple hundred this month to a couple thousand by 2024. And mm-hmm. these components require handling of the part, so they require special handling because it's a, it's a sensitive part. Um, so think of this: it requires special handling off the machine when you remove the part from the machine. I have to make sure that the operator didn't damage it, so it requires mm-hmm. vision systems to make sure that you know the as-printed condition um, is within tolerance. Okay. Um, And then I move to operation to operation. That operation movement is either going to be on a conveyor system or some sort of, uh, you know, robot or cobot. Okay. Mm -hmm. It also has, uh, you know, inserts, uh, several hundred of them. Um, So it's a pick and place type uh, scenario. So you need high precision vision systems with a robot to pick and place. And you know, and then there's testing and so on and so forth. So if you think about Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, I'm no longer just making an additive part. I'm delivering an end product solution that, that really enables a platform to to go. Otherwise, if you can't manufacture this one critical component, the platform that was sold will never function. So again, fundamentally, there's a lot of integration there and in automation. We'll have AGVs on these systems uh, to transport and closed loop powder management, which we'll release in a Couple months here, so you guys see what what's going on there. Um, but we are really trying to take the operator out of the equation, because let's face it, you think I'm going to scale uh, our site in California? The answer is no. The, the, the answer yeah, you're is you're going to move it to a, a cheaper labor location. It, 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 exactly. And and when you say a cheaper labor, right? You also still need a high high tech labor pool, right? So that high tech labor pool somewhat has to be automated because if you do go to uh, a lower cost, you know, location, um, you might have, um, you know, a different labor pool, right? California has a huge amount of talent, uh, that we should and can leverage, uh, to be able to scale these platforms. Yeah.
1: But I think it's interesting because then that opens up a couple of different ways of making money. You could then kind of try uh... to get the industry to standardize. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, on these, these solutions, you could sell these solutions in some way mm-hmm. or you could that's, use them to be able, be, be able to take on new assignments faster so, and do parts so faster. That's,
0: that's right. So George, you're, 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 you're 100% spot on. So if we look at the, the business model, right, um, is, you know, we're going to, there's a make, buy or transfer. Um, so let me get into the, the Nikon scenario for a second. Um, So Decon made, you know, obviously an investment last year. They took the majority interest in the company, which has been extremely rewarding, right? So if you look at more 3D, you know, we went from a part manufacturer to a technology company. Um, And and that shift in thinking, that shift in what we're doing is extremely important for the industry. Um, Why do I say that? Well, we have capability that no other service company has Um, when investment comes into the industry most people just get money more 3d didn't just get money more 3d got technology right and it's not just technology from what you would say is traditional on you know vision systems or ct or what have you nikon hasn't even scratched the surface yet with or the industry hasn't seen what Nikon is up to, um, and they have huge capabilities on the digital processing side that no one has seen yet, um, which is quite remarkable. Um, so now we can take these, you know, uh, products that are in development and create unique um, manufacturing systems that have embedded, um, you know, inspection, in situ monitoring. You know, uh, an intelligence so that we're able to uh, make something quite special.
1: Uh, I think it's interesting. First off, Nikon is, is interesting because, well, we know it as a camera company, I think, but they also make a lot of scanners, but they also oh, do well, these, they make the semiconductor
0: uh, lithography that, system, that, right? That is correct. So they're, they're, they're one of two companies in the world. And just let's, let's be really clear there, right? One of two companies in the world. That make the machines that make every chip that go into our computers, um, the screens for our LCDs, so on and so forth. So when you're when you're talking about high precision, high accuracy, um, and repeatability, that comes from Nikon. All right. So when we're looking at talking about uh, creating a production system that is closed loop, um, they've done it before. All right. So when we look at the consortium of partners and and Nikon's there, they've lived this before uh, in developing solutions for the semiconductor industry. And the consortiums that were founded in, decades ago, they all worked together first, right? So they were competitors in the same room, right? Solutioning for Intel.
1: I think it was also Canon, I think, or something like that. Um, and ASML, but yeah, but,
0: yeah, ASML, right? That's, yep. that's the other one. So so. Mm-hmm. So those there was a, a couple others that have fallen out, but you know but they were trying to solve a problem it, they're trying to solve a problem so when you talk about achieving Moore's law, they didn't do it by themselves, right they had a goal and they had a requirement from the customer and the competitive base was in the room solving for that right as a as a collaboration once that collaboration was over, then you can go and compete right. Um, So we're taking these same kind of thinking and and, uh, frameworks towards AM, right? Guys, we have to collaborate (laughs) first, right, if we're going to go compete. Um, Because there isn't, uh, let's face it, you know, a couple hundred machines a year, um, or actually tens in some cases, doesn't even scratch the surface of, of an industrialization, right? Or a revolution. Um, that, that's not, that's not what's going to move the needle. And so back to the point, right. From a business model, of course we can make parts. That's what we're always going to do. All right. But what if I don't just make parts? I make the production system that makes the part. Right. And, oh, by the way, um, you want a second source? Sure. Now you cannot have a, a situation where, um, your second source has to start from scratch your second source can use that same production system or that same production cell. And I have no problem licensing, right, or transferring that production cell to you, right? Or we can co-locate within uh, a customer. I was
2: just say, if you're a large multinational that already has, as you point out, like offices all over, and then you have warehouses in space, you could theoretically distribute your manufacturing by just taking cells and then dumping them that's, that's, in strategic locations across the globe. And then you're saving on shipping, you're saving on all this other stuff as well as like having manufacturing
0: in-house. Sure, but I think the other thing is it's an, it becomes an accelerator, right? When I mm. say it's an accelerator is because there are a lot of companies that wanna do AM, uh, but they're starting from scratch. They haven't gone through the pain. That's why I mentioned going, from 5 to 15 to a couple hundred was painful. I'm not going to lie or deny that, right? And anybody that tells me that it's easy is lying. All right? Um so so going to the couple hundred and not fundamentally fixing the things that were wrong is a failure. Uh because then you're not able to enable the thousands and because of the way we started to think, you know, which was several years ago, uh and some work that we did last year that's what allowed me to win this contract for a couple thousand because it's now a different demonstration of capability. If I showed you what we we're doing today, or I mean, you know, yesterday versus what we're doing today, the customer would have never had the confidence to move forward. Right. You're, you're not just developing new manufacturing methods or strategy. You have to actually develop new manufacturing tools and techniques, Right. Uh, and write new software and do a lot of things that uh, that weren't available uh, several years back. So you have to literally look into the future, right? What does this look like and come back, all right? And then start to put those things in place.
1: Yeah. I, think, I think it's a it's a brilliant thing I th- uh, also. Uh, it's a brilliant idea, I think, because it, it could put you on a competitive, much better footing, footing in the long run as well by sharing out your RD costs, you would always have to be on the cutting edge because you can share out the cost between these cells that you sell or license or spread out to people. I think other people, if you don't do this, the the converse thing is what happens if you don't do this? I think you're going to get trapped in this thing that I'm going to buy like the 12 laser machine, right? I'm still paying this thing off. I'm paying off the loan. Then my competitor is going to buy a 14 laser machine. And, you know, and then it it, it, it kind of like, it's going to be exactly like the 2D printing industry where these guys were just out loaning each other, essentially.
0: Well, Um, Joris, I'll tell you that the the way I looked at this was, um, you know, adding capacity and adding capability does not solve the problem, right? mm -hmm. Um, So to your point, you know, how many times does someone have to go back and raise money? How many times, uh, you know, does, does someone have to, go out and take another loan to your point, right? To scale internally. Uh, that, that's nearly impossible. It's just It's a never-ending game, right? Uh, so fundamentally, people have to come together, right? And, and put their differences aside uh, and, and work to advance the market. And the mm-hmm. one thing I will say and will continue to say is that this isn't about me. This isn't about more 3D. This is about the industry, right? Of course we have to um, make money and have a return because that's that's what we're in business for. Uh, but we're also looking to, to revolutionize the way manufacturing is done in the future.
1: Yeah, but in the same same way that Microsoft says this, right? <laughs> embrace extend
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Embrace, extend, extinguish, right? <laughs> well I'm not... I'm no I'm no, I'm no
0: I'm no Bill Gates. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, so so so, what do you hope to achieve then? If we're looking at the like, next five years, where do you hope to get with this? Because, well, one one little technical thing is 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 everything going to be fully redundant? Does that mean like there's two software, there's two different cobots, there's two different kind of silicon depowdering things? You know, is it going to be like that, or are yeah. you only going to make like the machines redundant?
0: No. So what we have um initially, right? This this one. Uh, production cell that we're enabling uh, will be up and running um, q Q1 of of next year. Um, So there's a lot of work that's been done even last year, uh, which again, there'll be an announcement on some stuff that we've done. Um, But I I hope to achieve a certified production cell, right? So uh, whereby instead of certifying the part at the end, um, it's certified in process, right? Meaning, Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, every operation, you know, there's a vision system or, s- or some sort of in monitoring where that data, all right, and those data points um, are correlated to the physical, all right, to the digital, to the physical, and, and, and going back and forth over the next couple of years so that we can rely on the digital data, right, to be just as good as the physical. Um, okay. And that's going to take, take a lot of time, all right? Uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of energy, but at the end of the day, we've got the right one place to go do that and the right companies.
1: Yeah, Because the interesting thing is that then you'll be able to qualify much faster
0: with two different uh, systems, right? There, right? there you go. It doesn't then, matter. Uh, the system shouldn't matter, right? And okay. If you hear yeah. what I said earlier... Good luck with that, and good luck with the know. I I well, <laughs> <laughs> but it should. Uh, but, that's, <laughs> that, but, but if you look at what we're doing today, it's it's ludicrous, right? Every yeah. okay. Every system is... Ah, uh, do you do that for traditional machining? Uh, the answer is no. no. No, right. The 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 end use, or I mean, not, not the the end product is what gets certified, right? Not mm-hmm. how you made it. And uh, yeah. there's just things that you know. Of course, we got to work towards it, and that's that's the goal.
1: Yeah, but it is going to be much more difficult because, like, the build orientation part on the build platform. Uh, you know, we are. You know, you did say you make everything different, but every part is kind of different to a certain extent. Sure. Much if more I mean, so than if you're just cutting away from a standard block of a, ma- a known material, right? Right. right.
0: So I think, I think more
2: people know how to operate all that equipment. That's that's the other flip of this right? is that we just well, use it
0: for longer. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the I have a saying in my neighborhood, all right? Please don't steal my people. I'll train yours. All right. Right. Um, so, <laughs> that's um, a good saying. <laughs> yeah. And, and Look, I mean, this, this is, again, solving a problem. So, you know, you build a community of practice with, uh, with your neighbors and it's non-threatening. It's about learning, right? It's about educating. It's about um, enablement. And that's, that's a key word for me. Uh, we mm. want to enable the market, uh, mm. which, which means we have to fundamentally think, act, and behave differently. Um, and those are three words that I use in my organization um is you know if it has to change it needs to change so every three to six months we're changing something right uh it doesn't mean it was broken just means there's a different way or a better way to do it because we have some learnings and um, that's how transformation happens
1: okay Ivan, thank you so much for, for your time today. That was uh, really interesting. I think, I think it's really very, very exciting. It could be very, very fundamentally interesting for our market if you pull this off. So I uh, wish you a lot of luck with that.
0: Well, Joris, I will tell you it's not an if, but when. Oh. And I really <laughs> okay, okay. There is no plan B. There's only a plan A. Yeah. And uh, okay. no, I'm just kidding, but I really appreciate the, the invitation and uh, the openness and casualness of the conversation. So, thank you,
1: yeah, Max. Thank you for being here uh, as well. Today. Always,
0: always fun. Thank you, Joris, for hosting, yeah, nice and week. uh.
1: I can't, I can't wait for it to see everybody in the industry working together. That great bear hug with Hans Langer and the guy <laughs> and the guys from Salem uh, Solutions high-fiving each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody, Brian Neff high-fiving the beehive people. And we're all like, kumbaya, yeah. my Lord. And- right. We <laughs> can have all the printers sing kumbaya. I <laughs> can't wait for us to all just sit around this campfire and sing together. Uh- <laughs> that's that's the goal I think I think there's a sell idea and this other thing is a really wonderful uh, idea and I think a really wonderful path forward so we should great luck with that it's gonna be awesome thanks All guys right. appreciate and, it guys and thank you so much for listening this is another episode of the 3d pod and uh, I hope you have a great day
0: you've been listening to the 3d pod for more information on what you just heard or to subscribe visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint underscore com.